0: Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Sam and me on. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And a special guest, uh, Tyler. Hello. And Tyler, uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, give a little bit of background uh, with regards to your relationship with gaming and particularly tabletop gaming?
1: Okay, yeah. So my name is Tyler Day, uh, probably better known as on the interwebs as Rope Arrow. And, uh, I am an illustrator, graphic designer, um, and lifelong, uh, total gamer. Um, I've been playing video games since as long as I can remember. First game was, uh, Kirby's, uh, Dreamland on Game Boy Color. Nice. And, uh... Yeah, tabletop gaming in particular got into in high school with Pathfinder, which eventually turned into getting into D&D, and me and Connor played D&D, 5th edition, and Pathfinder, and all kinds of other stuff. I've done 5th edition hacks, I've done, uh like, all kinds of stuff, but uh, the biggest thing recently is that I uh, actually got some art in Magic the Gathering, which is currently my favorite game uh period and yeah I love it
0: yeah that's that's really cool I know like obviously how big Magic the Gathering is and I I think it's interesting having you on the show Tyler as someone with like I would say like a pretty vast amount of experience with tabletop games I've always sort of like looked at tabletop games like kind of from the outside like I definitely like know of them and I think they're cool but I never really took the plunge like when I was you you played like didn't Tyler Dungeon Master
2: for you one time, Ahmed? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yes. Just uh, let me finish. Sorry. <laughs> um I was going to say, right? Like the only experience I have is like one D&D session and I was super mm-hmm. into like Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, right? Like and like I occasionally play like tabletop esque kind of games in the form <laughs> of like video games like uh uh, slay the spire and stuff like that but never really never really got into magic although I have had people tell me like all the time that I need to play magic yeah
1: it is like low-key the best game in the world um just because it is like and this isn't me like shilling for it you know um I, I just genuinely adore this game it is uh It's probably, like, the most complex game I've ever played. It's like if uh, you took chess and then stapled goblins onto it and, like, all their individual chess pieces do their own thing and they come at you at random and it is just, uh, like, it doesn't look like it if you watch someone play, but it is just high-octane brain games and it is, like, truly truly the funnest thing i've ever played
0: yeah one of these days i'll probably buy like a starter deck or something and like learn the ropes it's just like so intimidating because yeah it seems really intimidating
2: from the outside looking in like i've even played a few yeah i've played it with you tyler and like had a decent time but if i wanted to like go about actually owning my own cards i don't think i would know where to start
1: yeah no so the uh the base mechanics are like really easy to grok, um, because at its core it's a resource management game, right? Like it is uh you have your lands and your lands make mana, you can use your mana to pay the cost of spells. And those spells affect the game in literally like limitless ways. Um the 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 spells are where it starts getting a little complicated. But uh if you're ever interested in it, I have uh, what's called a cube. So, uh, the coolest thing about Magic to me is like, you know, it's one game, it's one game system, but it actually contains like probably a hundred or more like different game sets in it. Um, and cube is one where, uh, basically you make your own like uh, set of cards out of it and you're limited to those cards, and that's what you play with. Um, and, you know, I've designed mine to be beginner-friendly so that I can get friends into the game or play it more like a board game um, with people who haven't played before or something. Um, and to yeah. just showcase the cool art in the game, which is, without a doubt, my favorite part.
0: So you, so you mentioned, like, these sets, and I imagine, like, any one set can can play with another set.
1: Yes, so, uh, yeah, there are, uh, so, I, I kind of worded it poorly there, the sets are like the yearly releases that come out, right? So then, okay, within Magic, there are formats, which are basically entirely games upon their own that use their own card pool. Um, most of the format, well, maybe not most, but, uh. Uh, most of the popular formats, at least in Magic, do not use the entire, like, 50,000 card, card pool, right? Cause that is, that is insanely overwhelming and, uh, like really hard to look at and know how to approach. But, um, the, the each year they come out with four, what they call premiere sets that are kind of your big ticket, like, uh, you know, there are Marvel's releases every quarter, you know? Um, uh-huh.
0: And
1: that's what advances the story. That's what advances the gameplay for the most part. Um, so there's a
0: story, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, Interesting. yeah. Interesting. There is, like, bottomless lore for Magic. Um, and as someone that's, like, weirdly a lore head for, like, every other thing I'm into, I'm not that into Magic's lore. I do like it. I read it. Um... But I, I come to the table to do silly uh, big number stuff. Um, but yeah, and like each one of these sets that comes out every year, there's four, there's one each quarter, um, just about. Uh, each one of those is its own format. So commons, uncommons, and rares. You can open three packs and play what they call draft, where you pick a card and pass it, and then you build a deck that way. Or, uh, they're sealed, which is you get six packs and then make a deck out of that. So it, like, the reason I've been trying to get Connor into it and that I think he would actually like it is that it has this roguelike quality to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it is just, it's highly skill intensive, but it does come down to randomness a lot. Um, so it keeps it casual for the most part. And yeah, yeah.
0: My closest frame of reference, and it's probably not even a good frame of reference, but my closest frame of reference is Mm Yu-Gi-Oh, right? And like after they started adding some of the more advanced mechanics, like basically everything after like the Yu-Gi-Oh GX show where they started doing like synchro monsters and XYZ monsters, I have like no clue how any of that works. And I just sort of fell off. But I imagine with Magic, because it has an even like more storied history that like, New mechanics are being added all the time. Is that a is that a correct assumption? Yeah. Like how something. does how does the balancing work with that? Like, as in, like, are cards that were released like twenty twenty five years ago or whatever still relevant?
1: Um. Yes and no. Um. So, Alpha was the very first set, and it contained in it what's called the Power Nine, which are the most bonkers cards like ever printed in the games. Absolutely broken. They read really disappointing. But uh like I'm sure you've heard of the Black Lotus. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the magic card that goes for I don't even know, I don't want to sound like an idiot and just make up a number. But uh, you know, it 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 was hard for like post Malone to get one, if that makes sense uh realize how much this goes for and how rare they are. They're like deceivingly uh simplistic in how powerful they are. Um but, yeah, there's cards from the very very, very first set that are considered the absolute strongest cards, and no they're all they're banned in like almost everything because they are okay. like fundamentally broken but um like there are new cards that come out every set um and they do a new thing and they do it really well and really powerfully, but most of the time they stick to a niche um. So they'll help out like a certain theme of deck or it'll help out uh, like a certain type of creature or something and uh, or make like this old card that was just kind of mediocre, like 10 times better. Like uh, it is not uncommon to see a new card get revealed and then someone be like, oh, this combos with this uncommon from 20 years ago. And uh, then all of a sudden a new deck is made like um, that's cool. Yeah, so old cards are very, very relevant. Some of them are the most powerful and like they won't, like, like they will never ever try and print something that gets even close to the power level of those original nine hyper powerful cards. Um, but like they, they mostly keep it pretty good in check. You know, there's a set every like couple of years maybe that, you know, they power creep a little bit. Um, but for the most part there's a core set of cards that they just uh they tweak and they make them different and make them better cuz like magic does have 50,000 plus cards yeah. but that is a made up number i don't know that off the top of my head but um, but uh they are mostly variants of each other so once you know one you start to learn the rest and yes each set has uh like, I think most of the premiere sets tend to have at least, like, two brand new mechanics. But they're typically a tweak of something you already know. Um, so, like, I've got in front of me on my desk, there's just a little common here, called Fearless Pup. Um, and it has this ability called Boast, uh, which was brand new when it came out. And uh, you can just pay some mana and buff it a little bit for the turn. Um, but you can only do that if it's attacking. So, like... They made this set like purposefully aggressive and it cares about the combat step and stuff. But um, you know, there will be sets that focus on the graveyard or focus on your library or focus on a certain type of card. And yeah, they're it's it's mostly just um like they do come out with a ton of different cards, but once you know like the core mechanics of the game, you you start to see that most mechanics are just kinda tweaks to them. Like, uh, Magic is a game built on exceptions to the rules. So most cards tell you how you are allowed to break the rules. And that's the neat part. Um, Once you know the basic rules, then they start letting you break them.
0: That's cool. I do like that there appears to be, like, a pretty set structure. Because, like, I like how you mentioned, like, those super powerful cards that first came out are still sort of like the ceiling for, like, powerful cards Mm -hmm. in that whole system. And I think that really, I think it's cool to have a ceiling because otherwise, like, things can quickly spiral out of control. Yeah, like
1: that, that, that's why I've never, because I, I adore Yu-Gi-Oh! Design-wise, for, you know, uh, yeah. What it, like, I loved it, the show and everything as a kid. Um, I'm actually going to replace my desk mat with a foil Dark Magician Girl play mat I found at the store um nice but uh i I can't get back into playing it because it uh too
0: many mechanics man
1: yeah well yeah there's a bunch of mechanics um but they also just like every not every set necessarily but um a lot of Yu Gi Oh sets just straight up outclass older cards. Yeah, that's terms.
0: that's the kinda of the vibe I was getting from Yu Gi Oh too. It's just like all the new stuff is just it completely is just makes the the old stuff irrelevant, right? Like yeah. if I whip out my my deck from like two thousand five or whatever, I would just get blasted without yeah, yeah. like like any resistance. Yeah. And you know,
1: like there is some stuff there's a little bit of that magic. Um like there was a set that came out, um, it, it's actually the set I got into the game with, called Throne of Eldraine. And uh, you will see that uh, like a lot of decks in what they call Eternal formats, where you can use basically the whole card pool, um, a lot of decks tend to have at least one or two cards from that set in it, because it just... Uh, they, they pushed it a little too far. It, it's nowhere near the level of like the truly broken old cards that they hold as the ceiling, but you know the more modern ones; they scooted some stuff out of the way, and that made people really upset when it came out. Honestly, and uh, Wizards has kind of course corrected on that pretty well, I think.
2: It's it's kind of funny. Uh, Ammon and I just the other day were talking a good bit about um, live service games, and the way you're talking about Magic is almost reminding me of that conversation. Except,
1: oh, absolutely, Magic! Like, it, it, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: No, it's fine. Uh, it just sounds like they've maintained it better than a lot of certainly better than Destiny has, for instance.
1: Yeah, no, you could totally view the premiere sets that come out every year as the seasons of magic, you know? Um uh like Halo Infinite just got season three. But uh you know, there's just the battle passes buying taxa cards and or singles at your LGS. And uh the there's occasionally, like, an extra bonus season that's either a set that's all reprints or a set that focuses on a specific format and has cards for that in it. So, like, uh, they're coming out with a Lord of the Rings set this summer. And, mm. uh, yeah, it looks straight fire. But um, it's focusing on a big format called Modern, um, which has cards from the past, I think, like, 20 three years off the top of my head, maybe, uh, which is still an absolutely insane card pool. They'll make sets that focus on one format or another, and uh, then, like, some of those cards just may not come to other formats. So, like, cards that are built for modern aren't going to go through what they call standard, which is all only premier sets of, like, the past two years. And so, cards that are going straight to modern can be a little stronger, um, because they have to face the like twenty-plus year card pool, as opposed to the two-year card pool. So there's That's a, interesting. There, yeah, there's a weird balance uh, with all of it, and yeah, it brings a kind of hype to it when you get a set made for like Commander, which is the biggest format right now, um, where it uses literally every card in Magic except for those power nine and a couple other ones, But uh, like you basically have access to the whole pool of cards and that is um, exciting when they print cards directly to that. Cause you know, they can be at a certain special power level, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor. No, I was just like, I don't know. I swear
2: everything I hear about magic makes it, almost more intimidating to, to get into than it was before that's There's just fair. so many rule sets and everything yeah
0: i do yeah that's well, why i said like uh, a, yeah yeah i was just gonna I say agree. that's why i said at the beginning like i that's why like i definitely respect it and it seems cool i just feel like it's just i have to commit hard if i need to do it and that scares me
2: i, I will no, say I, like as someone who just sat down and played Uh, two rounds i think with tyler the the base rules are easy like you can learn to play a hand of magic but like if you wanted to sit down and get good at it that sounds hard to me
1: well see no and that's uh my buddy david uh he hasn't played in a hot minute like probably close to a year at this point but um he hyper casual never goes to the game store with us or anything uh but like He will, if we're having a commander night at my place or just at the boardroom separately, which is my local game store, shout out to Josh and Kayla. Um, If he'll just come over, he'll borrow one of our decks, play it, and he has beat us several times. Like, and he plays literally once in a blue moon. Uh, And still has a basic grasp of the rules, and, you know, we're all friendly, so if he has a question. But, uh... And then there's things like My Cube, which is its own format, essentially.
2: Yeah, that's uh, what I played.
1: Yeah, where it's just two packs. You don't even have to think about building the deck. You just smash them together, and you have your own little 40-card deck, and you play with it that way. And they have easy to, like, kind of grasp themes about them. Um, Yeah, so it, it seems intimidating, and it honestly is intimidating. That's why, like... <laughs> I love the game. I will, like, herald it forever. Um, but it's hard to just be like, hey, everyone come over to my place and learn how to play magic because, it, like, it is really hard to get over that for some people. But once you grasp those core rules, you start to see that the cards, even though they have blocks of text on them, are, like, the blocks of text are just, like, saying, hey, do this that you, this thing you already know how to do but do it just a little bit differently
0: and, so yeah with the with the blocks of text i am a little curious right because with Oh, i remember yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh like, Yu-Gi-Oh it, often, it. it often felt like we had to like consult a team of lawyers every time we played yeah, like a trap yeah. card. <laughs> like it was it was kind of ridiculous and it was it was funny because like even recently when like i went over to a friend's house and you're not know, like you know what Let's just each spend ten bucks at Target, get a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and just play <laughs> yeah. each other. Yeah, the yeah. same thing happened like fifteen years later. We're like mm-hmm. we're just arguing about the effects of a card, and I thought that was so funny. <laughs> and I don't know if it's like a a me thing or if it's like the no, card it's instructions not a me, are unclear.
1: Yu thing. <laughs> um, Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. is like, uh, I I don't know if pronounce the right word, but
0: uh, it, it's been a, it's like
1: kind of a meme. Like that, Yu Gi Oh! is just absolute blocks of text crammed into their like tiny boxes because Yu Gi Oh! cards are even smaller than magic cards.
0: Um, yeah, well, the the lots of text, but like also like just the unclear, yeah, yeah, how does this card affect this card? It's not clear just by reading the text, so we have to like go online or like phone a friend or something, you know?
1: So, yeah, like, and uh, keeping up with the same example I've got here, uh. Or, here, I've got another card here. It's called Mystic Enforcer. Uh It's from Dominary Remastered, uh, which was a reprint set this past year. It has protection from black. And, you know, that doesn't tell you what that means, but you can kind of figure out what it means um, just by hearing it. It means black cards basically can't deal with it, you know? Um And then it has this ability called Threshold. And threshold is just kind of a word there for flavor. Uh, they call it, like, an ability word, which is important. Like, cards can care about threshold. But uh, the ability threshold just says, as long as seven or more cards are in your graveyard, Mystic Enforcer gets plus three, plus three, and has flying. So that most abilities and, like, special keywords and stuff in Magic straight up tell you what they do. Um... That fearless pup card I brought up earlier—it has that boast ability, and it tells you the same thing. And then there's the reminder text telling you exactly how it works.
0: Okay, so yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, is, no lengthy debates on card effects or I, it, fewer, it does at happen. least. It doesn't happen.
1: like especially in uh, multiplayer, which Commander is. Uh, and by multiplayer, I mean like uh, more than two people.
0: Um, oh, I didn't even know you could do that. Oh yeah,
1: it's bonkers. Um but the game for most of its life was primarily designed to be single like one on one. And uh there are some cards that are just bonkers in four players formats, and you just sometimes have to sit down and figure out just like, oh what what does this do? How does right. this affect the game? And that I honestly love that stuff. But uh Yeah, what Magic gets really right is there's... It's kind of a meme in the community that uh, reading the card explains the card. Because they are really good about, for the most part, about just putting text on the cards that tell you exactly how it works.
0: That's good. So I was kind of hoping we could shift the discussion to, how did this happen, Tyler? Like, you have now created Magic cards that will be used in the game... Yeah, uh, that will be yeah, part yeah. part of the game forever, and yeah. that's kind of a unique thing to do. So, do you want to like walk us through how that happened and like what that was like?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, and to be very clear, I did not uh like I did the art for the cards. I didn't design the cards. Um, like these were pre existing cards that I did new art for.
0: I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They look um, really cool.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, I I would love to be on the design team because uh, <laughs> I'm, like, a big nerd for game design. Um, but uh, I've made a ton of custom Magic cards. But, uh, yeah, so I was in kind of an art swamp for a while, Um, just wasn't really making much, and was really wanting to get into potentially doing, like, band posters and stuff. And I was just sitting at my desk thinking, like, man, I need to, I really need to practice this if I ever want to actually do it. And so, uh, I was like, just what's something that I can make like sick art for that has a ton of words on it that I can use for practice. And, uh, I had my favorite magic card, ghostly prison, um, on a little easel on my desk. Cause I was looking at it <laughs> and, uh, I was like, oh, I need to draw some magic cards. And so I did. And the ghostly prison, uh, I posted it on Reddit, and it still currently has more upvotes than my actual secret lair, which is funny. But, uh, yeah, it blew up on Reddit. And uh, then I got a message from uh, who would be my art director saying, like, hey, this was really cool, and I'd like you to do a secret lair. And I think Connor and I were playing Master Chief Collection, um, and uh, I was like, and Connor was the only person that knew this was happening, probably, you know, besides my wife, uh, is the only person who knew this was going on, because uh, when he messaged me, I was like, okay, bud, we gotta hop out of this game, and you gotta help me figure out if this guy's real.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always the danger, right? Like, you never know.
1: Yeah, and I have been like straight up scammed with uh potential job offers before. So, uh Yeah. Uh, I was trying to be real careful about it. Um not like I didn't like get robbed of any money or anything, just uh a, a job was like weirdly fake.
0: Um No, no, that's happened yeah, to yeah. uh people I know as well, so.
1: Yeah, uh like the internet job hunt is just weird.
0: Yeah. Um
1: still looking. BT he does, anyone has anything. But um, yeah, we uh, verified that this guy was a real person who
2: worked at Wizards, and so I yeah, I think we back. like looked him up, looked him up on LinkedIn and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's good.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah and because uh, uh, the account they like sent me from, like, sent me a message from, just had was like blank slate. So uh, yeah, and we emailed, got the NDA signed and everything, and from there it was history. That was like my very first piece of magic fan art too. Um, and I had like five more just like, or I think it was four more just sitting on uh, the side um, to publish. And yeah, it was super dope. And there's a bit of a wait until I got my uh, actual work assignment and stuff. And then an even more bit of a wait until they actually came out. But that's just, you know, logistics and stuff
0: yeah no that's really cool like as, as a fan of something like you're a massive fan of magic and to actually like contribute yeah, yeah. to that that's not something a lot of fans do that's that's amazing like okay so i'm curious do they like give you any sort of direction or they would just like make these four cards or whatever in whatever style you want
1: so uh yeah they the biggest direction was that they wanted it in a similar style to the ghostly prison it did which uh you know, I was, after I got, was told like they wanted that, I tried to refine as heavily as I could, um, which I've since refined even more. Um, there's a couple things I've changed on the cards that came out, but uh, yeah, they gave me art descriptions, which I got like permission from them to put on the Reddit post announcing it. So uh, if you can find it on there, then the actual art descriptions are there. But they were just fairly generic. Uh, they gave a mood, um, maybe suggested a certain type of figure or character be in the art. And then from there, they said, do what you want, go crazy. Um,
0: That's really cool.
1: So, yeah, like, what I've gotten a bunch of compliments on is that uh, my art had, like, uh, a bunch of Magic's villains in it because I love them. And uh, that was. Uh, besides the one for Eldrazi Conscription, because that's literally got, like, the creature's name on it. But, uh, besides that, like, I'm the one that decided, like, oh, the Phyrexians are going to be on this card. Um, or, uh, I was originally going to have, uh, the big, like, basically, Mar or Magic Thanos on, um, the Counterbalance, but we swapped it around, um. Which the guy on Counterbalance is actually an NPC from uh, the D&D game. I uh, DM'd for Connor for years. Um, but uh, he showed up for like a session maybe. Um, yeah, no, I had a ton of creative freedom on it. And they, because I was so ingrained in the game and what a magic card looks like, they actively had to... Uh, like, uh, push me to push it a little further, especially in the colors department and such. Um, cause I was obsessed on Bruna with, cause she's a white blue card. And I was like, how do I make, how do I use crazy colors and make this white and blue? Like, uh, without it like clashing or looking like a cubicle or something. And, uh, they were like, no, you can do like literally any colors you want and um we even po- i even got permission to post like a big color spread of like different schemes we tried and stuff yeah. um and we eventually went with like the 90s uh like plastic cup look <laughs>
0: yeah so i'm looking at the four cards right now they all look fantastic i gotta say my favorite though is deafening silence i don't know something something about that one just really jumps out at me
1: i've heard that for most people which is funny because uh it might be the one i've changed the most um the like text boxes stuff especially all right but uh Yeah, that's the one where I put... That little guy on there is uh, called the uh, Phyrexian, um, and they are currently the big bad, um, in the story, and, uh, they have historically been like, the kind of like, undercover like, big bad. And they, they basically told me to draw a figure with their with shushing, and, uh, like there's gonna be impending danger if you don't be quiet or something along those lines. And okay. uh, yeah, and I, I initially had it as a little bit more of like a little kid. Um I was going for like a child's play bit, but uh
0: Yeah, there's least... just something really kinda sinister about uh-huh. that card yeah. that I like. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, weird and... how expressive he can be when he doesn't like have human eyes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like and they uh that I had no idea that we were going to Phyrexia this year either. So um, that was cool to see that line up. Uh, like my cards released with the Phyrexian set, which was super cool to see.
0: But, yeah, man, this yeah. is uh, this is really sick. Yeah, thank you. That's, uh, hopefully it's just the first of uh, many. Yeah, was
1: yeah, hoping. I, I would take literally anything Wizards throws at me. I will draw toilets for D&D 7th <laughs> edition if they want. <laughs>
2: well, we're yeah. we're entering the final edition of D&D now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's basically fifth edition, right? Like that's what yeah. I've heard about it. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah everything I've
0: seen.
1: Mostly fine with me, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, we'll definitely uh I mean, if if it isn't obvious already, like if you have any interest in magic or just like really cool art, definitely check out these cards.
2: Yeah, we'll have everything linked in the description. I Yeah. Can probably grab Tyler's Reddit post as well that has. Oh uh, yeah,
0: I was just thinking that would be good to have as well. Yeah, we'll yeah, post that, that in can, the
2: description.
1: Yeah, I can send you a link. Super easy, no
0: problem. Awesome, thanks. Yeah. So, uh, Tyler, as an avid listener of this show, you you know how we end the shows, but before we get to that part, do we? Do you have anything else you want to say? Um,
1: no. I mean, I guess I would uh, plug my Patreon. Um. It's actually getting a little bit of steam this week for some reason. Um, We'll have a link
2: link to that as well. Yeah, we'll have a link to that as well. Uh,
1: Yeah, Patreon, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all that. Uh, I do post on Reddit a good amount. I try and just be uh, wholesome on there. Uh, But, yeah, and, uh, yeah, hell, I mean, we can play some games together or something. I don't care. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I am Rope Arrow on everything. That's rope underscore
2: arrow, right?
1: Yeah, for uh, like Instagram and Twitter, it's underscore, and uh, everything else it's just a space. Um, Even Xbox Live, so add me on there. Um,
0: And yeah. All right, so we typically end by talking about the games we're playing, but seeing as how this is a tabletop centered episode, maybe we could talk about tabletop games we were playing or that we recommend obviously we've been talking about magic for about 40 minutes but yeah. Tyler is is there anything else you want to shout out or just talk about magic some more or
1: um yeah so uh Connor's gotten in on this a little bit we like having board game nights um last time we had one uh Monikers was that's a huge the game hit.
2: yeah I was gonna say Monikers, Monikers. Oh, I oh, love sorry. that okay. game
1: I'll, I'll talk about something else then uh there's <laughs> one there's one uh that's always been a hit called Uh, Cause I like party games for some reason with board games.
0: Um, they are fun. Yeah, Like
1: like if I'm with someone that's really into like the super in depth, like miniatures and like massive sprawling board stuff. Um, I can get into one of those board games, but, um, I, we've, uh, had a ton of success with, uh, the game called just one. And, uh, it's kind of like, uh, head card. I, I think that's what it's called. Um, like that, uh, that game they play in *Inglorious Bastards*, um, where you like write a celebrity on a card and then stick it to your forehead. Right. And yeah. You have to guess who you are. Uh, it's kind of like that, except you um, have you pick at random and without knowing what it is, a word, and then or like a concept, and then everyone else at the table has just one word to uh, describe what it is, and then you have to guess based on that. So, it's this fun kind of collaborative uh, party-style game, which is what I really like when it comes to a board game.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, those those party-style games are definitely, like, super fun. Like, I was, uh, I don't know, I wish my friend group would be more into that, honestly, but uh, I I have, like, dabbled with, like, some of, like, the more, like, super in-depth sort of, like, you know, this is going to take multiple play sessions kind of games. Mm -hmm. Like, have you heard of a game called Scythe?
1: Uh, I think I've seen it on the shelf.
0: Um, It's like, yeah, it's like an alternate history kind of sci-fi board game. I've only played it the one time. I went to like a board game bar with like my cousin and we spent like a couple hours just trying to understand the rules, but I remember when we finally (laughs) played it, it was super cool. And like, I, I guess as someone who isn't too familiar with these kinds of board games like it just the design of it impressed me so much because this guy the guy who designed it like you could play against just the ai right and Mm -hmm. the ai was like a shuffled deck of cards and like you could like remove certain cards or add certain cards to like lower or increase the difficulty of the ai yeah just like man that's so just like the amount of design work that went into that i that's so cool
1: there's one like that that my buddy Paul has been playing. Uh you can even do single player on it. Uh Yeah, that's
0: that's what it was. It was like single player and multiplayer. Yeah. And you could do either let me,
1: one. Let me text him and see if he'll reply by the time the podcast is over. But it, it's like a kind of almost like darkest dungeon you kind of um plus a choose your own adventure micro D&D experience. Uh that's super cool. But yeah, and there's like space versions and stuff. So if you liked that and want something that's, like, way more broken down, I'd highly suggest that. And if he doesn't reply, I'll just send it to you. Um,
0: okay, yeah, cool. But,
1: yeah, it's super fun.
0: Yeah, so, like, shout-out to Scythe. Shout-out to uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, obviously. Huge <laughs> yeah, mainstay yeah. back in the day. Like, uh, And it's still going. I, like, oh, yeah, it's still going. It's just way over my head now. But, like, back when I was in, like, late elementary school slash, like, basically all throughout middle school, there was a period of time where I wanted nothing but Yu-Gi-Oh cards, mm-hmm. right? Like, I didn't buy video games. Like, I didn't want, like, presents. I just wanted Yu-Gi-Oh cards only. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it got to a point where, you know, like, my parents hated it because they just, like, took up space and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I was really proud of my little, like, miniature lake of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> like, I remember, like, making, like, snowmen. In my Yu-Gi-Oh cards, because I just had so many. I, like, dumped them out. Oh, my God. You You didn't have them in, like, a binder
2: or anything? Even I had them in a binder. No. no, no. (laughs) I'm a very
0: disorganized person. I was a disorganized kid. I'm a disorganized (laughs) adult. But uh, (laughs) I had them in a giant bag, just, like, a humongous (laughs) bag. And, like, uh, (laughs) I remember just, like, dumping them out and, like, Trying to swim in them and stuff. This is how this is how my friend Christian
2: stored his video games when we were kids. Yeah. And he left the whole bag at a restaurant once and it got thrown away. Oh my god. (laughs) He lost something like twenty or thirty Game Boy Advance games, I think. It was real it was actually very upsetting. I don't even know if it was his fault. It might have been his dad, but
0: You're just duck in your (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh! And I, I, I feel like I've told this particular story. On the podcast before, but it's appropriate. So I'm going to say it again. I have two extremely distinct memories with Yu Gi Oh cards. One is that I went to, I think it was either Walmart or Target. And are you guys familiar with like those like tins that have like several booster packs? And, oh, like, yeah. maybe like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe mm-hmm. it was like 15 packs yeah. per. No, I used yeah, one yeah. of
2: those to store my deck typically too, the 10.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And it so, would just So, so those there. those tins, yeah. back in the day, I don't know about now, but I think back they in the day 20. they cost they cost like 20 bucks, right? Does that sound right to you guys?
2: Uh, sure. I was not paying for them, so I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they co- they good.
0: cost 20 bucks. But I noticed at the uh, in the in the little like aisle where they were selling them, the decimal point had mo- moved over. So it was $2 per tin. Whoa. And I was just like, this isn't right. This is a price mistake. But I was just like, I'm going to go for it. So I just loaded <laughs> myself up with like an armful of tins. And then like I I went to the, the counter or whatever, and it was like hundreds of dollars. I was just like, but look, they're only $2 a piece. Yeah. And obviously the person working the register, like, I guess they didn't really even care. Right. But they, oh, they yeah, took no. a look and you're like, they took a look and you're like, yeah, you're right. So I paid like, you know. <laughs> Like under fifty bucks for like hundreds of dollars worth oh of cards, and I awesome. just felt like a bandit. Yeah, it was. I that was one of the happiest <laughs> Heist days of, of my the life.
1: century. Yeah. I want to steal.
2: <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Yeah, so I I also that awesome. My, my most formative memory with Yu Gi Oh is also sort of theft, and I feel terrible about it. I I'm pretty sure I've also told this story, but I um. I used to go to Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments as a kid. They had them at Books a Million in Quarter G. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. And I went there and I got matched to play this kid who was way younger than me. Like, I was a kid. I was in, like, elementary school. I was, like, maybe a fourth grader or something. This kid was, like, a first or second grader. But uh, he had a Winged Dragon of Raw and he tried to play it. And those were, obviously, they're not tournament legal. And I told him that, and he looked really bummed about it, and I said, you know, I'll trade you this, uh, uh, what was it? It was uh, Blue Eyes White Dragon, because he already had one, and he had the fusion, too. So I was like, you only need three of them to be able to do the fusion, or whatever. I don't even know if that was true. (laughs) I didn't know the rules. But uh, I I feel so bad for scamming this kid out of his Egyptian god card. And uh, I still have it to this day. I have a Winged Dragon of Ra and Slifer the Sky Dragon, Yeah.
1: I've heard that story, but I didn't know you still had them.
2: Yeah, I still have them. Yeah, I have two. Uh, I have two because uh, my friend Christian had one, and when he got it, he thought he was like unbeatable. And so <laughs> I was like, "All right, I'll I'll bet my uh, wing dragon of raw against your Slifer the sky dragon." And he, neither of highest, us ever drew those cards, but I won. Highest so I stakes have, possible.
0: Yeah, Man, <laughs> the stakes were never higher. Yeah. yeah,
1: Yu-Gi-Oh! was
2: so formative. Like it is still a bit
1: while oh, we're yeah. playing Magic at the boardroom. Like, to just be like, I play Pot of Greed, which allows me to suffer and draw two cards. <laughs> like, and,
0: uh, Also with Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, I don't know if you guys ever watched the show, but like... They did not. Especially the first season. It was just so preposterous because there were like no rules at oh, all. Yeah. So, like, they just like... Every episode, they just made up new rules. And it was just like really funny as someone who was familiar with the rules.
1: That's... Yeah. Uh, and this is to go kind of back to magic a little bit. Uh, Yu Gi Oh is based on a manga called yes. uh, I forget what it was like fully translated to, but it was like Game Master or something along. Yeah, the right.
0: And uh, and it, and it used to not like it used to be like yes, the card game, but there were other games too. Yeah, played, yeah, right?
1: like I mean, you know, I'm sure they would have done kickball or something, and like uh, the like Duel Masters, or or what, what was it called? Uh, whatever. The card game in that manga was a parody of Magic. And, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah, and like it used like basically the rules of Magic, like made up. So like it really all does go back because I mean Magic was the first trading card game, but like it Yu Gi Oh is way more based on Magic than people tend to know it. <laughs> And so, like, the reason, especially in the anime, I think, that Yu-Gi-Oh's, like, rule sets seem, like, all over the place and made up is because they were. Um, They were based off of a manga that did not have a rule set. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, like, especially, like, the early years of the game, like, there wasn't, like, not like Magic that has, like, this big phone book-sized comprehensive rule book, uh, it was just kind of all over the place, and he just kind of had to guess and trust the bigger kid at the playground that he was right about it.
0: yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. Speaking of, like, kids at the playground, I remember there was a distinct period of time. I think it was, like, fourth grade. I don't Mm -hmm. know if your guys' elementary schools operated this way, but, like, there were phases where, like, things were popular for, like, a month or two. Oh, yeah. And, like, then something shifted. But I remember distinctly... Yu-Gi-Oh became popular, like it was like mm-hmm. third or fourth grade for a while, and for a couple months there, everyone would just bring cards and like play during recess and stuff, and it was awesome.
2: Oh, I don't think we were allowed. I yeah, a lot no. of that,
0: I know Pokemon cards
2: were banned at my elementary school.
0: Yeah,
1: Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh were both banned at uh, Crossling Elementary.
0: Yeah, so at, I think at Kenna Elementary, we did bring the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and that uh, was that was cool for a mm-hmm. while.
2: Beyblades were also banned, I believe, but we had a. <laughs> That was the only one I snuck in Beyblades, and we Beyblades had we could a actually whole hurt economy. someone. <laughs> yeah,
1: Beyblades had a whole economy around it, and um, I rem- I like remember being into shots. Beyblades.
0: Oh my god! Okay, this is a whole tangent. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I was super into Beyblades for a while, and okay, then uh, so my family and Connor knows this is from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So every couple years we'd go and visit. And of course, in Pakistan, you can buy like actual metal Beyblades. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, well that's and, the thing uh, is like uh, when we were on the playground, we would straight up like modify them and make them. now. <laughs> make, yeah, make them they like sold dangerous. heavy metal yeah.
2: Beyblades here. Like they were called heavy metal, and they yeah, had, like yeah. an aluminum okay. ring around them or something. Yeah,
0: I mean you. I don't think you could get them around. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe you could get them at Target or something. But like, I, I bought mine you know, at Walmart. This thing, this thing was like I, I, I think. I I don't think I'm pressing on you guys. This was legitimately, like, a weapon. It was sharp. Yeah. Like, the whole like, thing you was could, metal? You, the whole thing oh was metal, Oh, my yes. God. Yes. Yeah, you could not touch this thing. It would, like, tear your hand to pieces. And <laughs> I remember, at, like, at my grandma's house, like, I, like, unleashed it. Like, I let it rip, as it were. <laughs> and it, like, just, it created, like, it carved up her wooden wall. Like, it, it just oh created, God. like, gashes in her <laughs> wall. I was like, yeah, this isn't... <laughs> what a this isn't ideal. Yeah, like... <sighs> Was it, was, it was a, it was a <laughs> weapon, yeah. Like, I was just like, I felt bad afterward. But like, it was actually like making chips at her wall.
1: Oh my god, that's so <laughs> funny. I mean, I probably did that. I, I don't remember anything about Beyblade except that. I like the one called Dragoon?
0: Yeah. Dragoon was like the main one. I remember watching the show too. Yeah. yeah. Show. It's yeah. still on too. Very and vaguely. like no way, really? Yeah. like it's I, I was at the beach. Well, oh, yeah.
2: as of last summer it was still on. I was at the beach at an wow. ice cream shop and I it was on and I was like dumbfounded. It yeah, was terrible.
0: It. I just yeah. remember like the characters in the show, they would like let their Beyblades rip and like sparks would fly when they <laughs> yeah. would hit each other. And like I was able to recreate that with my metal Beyblades. <laughs> like it was <laughs> It was, uh, yeah. Those, uh, I don't know where they are now, but, like, uh, definitely not, uh, would not fly in the U.S., I think. Yeah. yeah. It,
1: like, at our school, like, kids would go to the flea market and get, like, knockoff Beyblades with, like, aftermarket parts. <laughs> and, like, yeah. there was one kid's dad who was willing to, like, modify people's Beyblades and we would give him our Beyblades and he was supposed to bring it back and then he never did.
0: Was that TJ's dad?
2: That was TJ. Yeah, I knew it. I, Cause he was the one I. I even went to TJ's house a few times to play Beyblades, and it was it was out there.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, that was yeah. like this. Like, r- I haven't thought about Beyblades in like a decade or two, <laughs> right? Yeah, like it's, it's just been, been bit, like, yeah. it's yeah. just been yeah. Like talking about this has resurfaced so many memories. There was like. Yeah, there was a period of time where I was obsessed with Beyblades. I was <laughs>
2: convinced that I could learn to, like, actually control the position of my Beyblade like they did in the show, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your little kid psychic powers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I remember explicitly when I was in Pakistan, I was just like, okay, I know I can get, like, an actual dangerous Beyblade here. And I was like, I, I want to find it. And sure <laughs> enough, like, at a at a toy store on, like, a market, street market, I was able to find one. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> It's funny that you, like, knew as a kid. <laughs>
0: like Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my God. I got so many, like, so much weird, sketchy stuff from Pakistan. Okay, so, like, another thing I got, and this is, like, completely not even related to, like, games or, like, anything that we talk about. But I got a copy of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire yeah. uh, befo- while it was in theaters, <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> in Pakistan. And so I popped it in and watched it. And it was like obviously like cam footage, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was subtitled in English by someone who had a very tenuous grasp on the English language. <laughs> so all of the subtitles were just wrong. And it made for an extremely entertaining viewing experience. Wait, that so that's, what that's language the was the movie in? Her. It was in English. It was in, they were speaking English, but he added English <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> and the subtitles weren't like toggleable; they were just there. Yeah, and yeah. The, and they were like highly incorrect. That is oh, the that's... only way
1: you could get me to watch Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, so it was really it
0: was good. an extremely entertaining movie, and, and I hope I still have it because yeah. it was just like freaking hilarious. Like it actually that. turned that movie into a comedy.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome!
0: But yeah, so you can find all sorts of magical things in Pakistan. I guess is the moral of the story. Yeah, yeah.
1: It sounds like it. That sounds
0: fun as hell. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I guess. Uh, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll close this out with Monikers.
2: I uh, uh, I don't actually really like board games, but I really liked Monikers. I actually I'm mm-hmm. not a big tabletop guy. I like D and D pretty much exclusively, and I, I had an okay time with Magic, but uh, I actually really enjoyed Monikers. Uh, it's a game where you you're given like you, you go through a bunch of cards and you just choose ones you like. Uh, I think forty of them. And then, yeah, uh, yeah. And then there's two teams, and you have a time limit, and one person gets to read the card, and you have to make the other people on your team guess the name of the card. And you can the first round you can do anything up to and including reading the actual writing on the card. You just can't say the name. And uh, it's it's just like you know history stuff or pop culture. Like the cards can be anything.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like super charades.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. But but it's the first round is very easy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, except some of the cards are extremely obscure. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh my god. And there's like, like ridiculously. Some are, there's some that are like really messed up. <laughs> like uh, it said like like the description was just it had a QR code at the bottom. And it said, like... Oh, really, yeah! It said, like, a uh, messed-up baby pig with, like, a uh, head, like, genitalia. And, like, it was
0: a horrible... Wait, so and you're like, supposed to, like, imitate that? No, yeah. you're supposed to do, well, yeah. do whatever
2: you Eventually. have to do to get the other person to guess it, essentially.
0: Yeah. Man, yeah, like, yeah that's tough.
1: And, and, like, some of them, like... There's definitely some that the next time we play, I'm just gonna go through and take them out. Uh, yeah. Because they're kind of impossible, <laughs> like yeah. that one. Like uh, going to one that's a QR code, like of a picture. Like, how are you supposed to describe? Like, guess what that is? You know.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, you were allowed to show them the QR code, I think. But yeah, it was it, it was yeah. fun though. But like the the fun part is like in the second round, I think it is. Mm-hmm. You what is it? No, the third round is charades. What's the second round? Let, let me just go get the box. Okay. <laughs> It gets harder every round, and you can even, like, the rules go for three rounds, but you can go even further beyond, if you want to, uh, to make even harder rules. I know the third, oh, I think the second round is charade and sounds, maybe? Oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the second round is
2: charades, the third round is one word, maybe?
1: Yes. uh, So, like, by the third round, you actually know, like, what's in the deck of cards, so... It's easier to guess when you only get one word. So uh, yeah. round one is use any words, sounds, or gestures. Round two is use only one word, and then round three is use just charades.
2: So the the next two rounds really reward memory. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. really fun game. I I remember when we got to the charades round. Tyler's friend Zoe. What was what's Zoe's boyfriend's name? Uh, the, her husband Torin. Oh, her husband. Sorry, I didn't know they were married. Yeah, no, uh, but good. Zoe and Torrin, like, they were they were competing. But then in the third round, they their charade skills were devastating. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, I felt totally outclassed.
1: Uh, so I just pulled out three random cards from the deck, and so these are like things that you would have to try and get people to guess. And one, the first one is a robot butler. And they do have, like, descriptions on them. so that I feel like you... that's
0: pretty doable.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it, so if you truly don't know what this thing is, then you can at least read the description and have people guess off that. Uh, the second one is the Crying Jordan meme.
2: <laughs>
1: which we got that one last time we played. and it was We really got really Robot funny. Butler, too.
2: Oh, yeah. did we? Yeah. I think it's not been shuffled, so I think we, we're going to get all oh, three of these. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did get this one, too. Uh, the Cake Boss.
2: Oh yeah, the cake boss. Yeah, because that the that boss.
1: was really fun to uh, figure out. Like, just a description for because I think we kept saying like cereal treat. <laughs>
2: like, no, not, we kept. Well, I was we, playing. I had John on my team, and I kept making yeah, Jason yeah. Steele references because uh, he did yeah, a yeah. he did a video we really liked in like high school about the Cake Boss. So yeah, we,
1: it's... we we absolutely have to play that again because yeah. Is,
2: yeah, it's probably was, my favorite board game I've ever played.
1: Yeah, honestly, it's got to be close for me, too. Uh, it, it it's was, between
2: that and shout-out to Codenames as well. Codenames is a really fun board game.
1: I haven't played that one.
2: It's We'll, we'll have to give it a shot, too. But it's another yeah. one where, like, knowing the people that you play it with is super helpful.
1: But uh, Monikers was re- recommended to me by uh, my good buddy Kayla up at the boardroom. Shout-out Kayla. Yeah. Again. Was, yeah. Who's super smart yeah, that- about
0: it. Those those social sort of games are always super fun. Like, obviously, like Cards Against Humanity is always. Very I've fun. yet
1: to play that one.
0: Oh no way! Really? Yeah, I hate yeah. Cards
2: Against Humanity. I I think it's the worst game ever made. It's so boring. What? It's just uh, I, I hate it. It's
0: so boring. It's funny. Like you got to play a good edition of it, I guess.
2: I I I don't I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to defend my stance. I just really don't <laughs> like it.
0: Okay, sure.
2: Fair.
1: In high school, I played a lot of a game that's close to it called, like, Apples to Apples.
0: Yeah, they're the same exact yeah, game. That's the yeah. same thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I wasn't too big on that one, so I never really sought out to play Cardboarding. But, uh, Monik- Moniker is close to that, though. Um, it-, it feels like refined. And there's like a billion expansions. Um, yeah.
2: I mean, I'm there's a lot thinking. of cards in the base game, unless there were expansions in that.
1: This isn't even the base game, uh, they didn't have the base game. <laughs> um, and I, Kayla only had the uh, expansions, and I was like, "Oh, can't!" And, but she was like, "Yeah, and you can play them entirely on their own." So, <laughs> yeah. So I've still got to buy the base game, and like, Monikers is the only board game I can see myself actively buying, like expansions and
0: stuff for. It. Is that? True? Oh
2: yeah, yeah. It's really good.
0: Oh, um, one thing I definitely want to shout out here is a very famous board game that I've very recently got into is settlers of Catan. oh yeah oh yeah
2: I played that couple is always
0: a good time yeah i, I I've, I've had
2: a very poor experience with Catan. i i think you were there tyler i was like the only one there who hadn't played it our friend kalub was like tasked oh, I with forgot exp- you were there he was like tasked with explaining the rules to me or something and Ooh, he just like it. said he just insisted on like explaining the rules as we got to them, and you can't do that with Catan, no, because gotta, the first round effects... Yeah, yeah, the the whole rest of the... So, like, by the time we even... He didn't tell me any of the rules of the rest of the game, so I just... By the time we got that to sucks. the second round, I'd already lost. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> ugh. Yeah, I've only played the vanilla game. Like, I know there's a bunch of expansions, but... I don't know. Every time I've played it, I've had a good time. So, shout out to that game. One of the... Oh, yeah,
1: I, it is. It is very good. Uh, it's one that I feel like I would need a dedicated group to play with, though. Yeah. Because uh, it's. I think we even have like I think in my desk is uh, like Whitney got me one year as a stocking stuffer a uh, traveling set of Catan. It's nice. like just a little tiny pocket version. Interesting. Yeah, I've yet to play it, but it looks pretty fun.
2: My dad has a collection of like classic board games that look like books. Like they they did a oh. special release for a bookshelf. We never play any of them, but he has a bunch of them. Yeah.
0: That's neat. Also, I guess final shout out for me, and this is maybe like a one of those weird me things, but I do appreciate a good video game version of a board game.
1: <laughs> oh yes, I so right. So like want the from talk.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Oh, so, mean the opposite. My, he means playing yeah, Monopoly mine on is, a Switch. Mine is exactly, oh, okay. that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of weird, but there was a phase as well where, like, my friends would all get online and we'd just play, like, Uno or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, but they, they do have, like, Catan online. They do have, like, Monopoly and stuff, but in Game 4, and I imagine, like, for Yu-Gi-Oh, they have Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links now, which is, like, yeah. the, like, de facto online Yu-Gi-Oh. Is there, like, an online or, like, a game, video game version of Magic? Is yeah, like absolutely. An official one? Yeah, it's called Magic okay. Arena, and that's how
1: it's, you can typically suggest new players uh, play the tutorial on that, because it's pretty comprehensive.
2: I, I played it, though, and, like, when we played on paper, like, on an actual table, there were still a few things I wasn't totally sure about.
1: Yeah, you had a couple days in between, though,
2: right? No, it was that morning. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it had literally been, like, three hours. Yeah, okay. Then,
1: yeah, it is... Once the cards are actually in your hand, and there's, like, a bunch of mechanics, because, you know, the cards in this tutorial are really simple.
2: It just did a bad but, job of explaining mana, I think. Yeah, because it has, like... It auto-taps your land. Yeah, it stuff. tracks your mana for you, yeah.
1: Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, that is definitely the way to go if you are even curious about magic. Try Arena, and if
2: you're still pretty
1: curious about it after that, then... Uh, Call me up, and we'll figure it out.
0: (laughs) All right, everyone. I think that is going to do it for this week's episode. Again, thank you, Tyler. And definitely check out his cards, which will be provided in the link in the description, as well as his Patreon. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us at at Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or any podcast services you use. Click the link in the description of the podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Tyler. Yeah. Thank See you, you for having me. Yeah. See ya.